0: Lord, we thank you for allowing us in your presence again this evening. Father, tonight I would just like to touch on the basics of why we are in the time of judgment at this time. And Lord, I pray that the people begin to understand how serious this is and why we're required to repent and come to you because we're all caught in the snare. And Lord, I'm only going to touch on a few basics of this. I'm going to come back tomorrow night. And I'll provide some notes as well tomorrow. I'm expecting to provide notes for tomorrow, dear Lord, that will uh, in the next day or two, let's put it that way, that will explain more of this in writing to follow up with it so that people can see it from the scriptures themselves what I'm speaking of. But Lord, we talked about this is the time of your kingdom, and I'm going to try to give them in plenty of scriptures. Over these next days to explain this to them that they cannot they can see it from the, the scriptures themselves and be able to understand it clearly and I know, Lord, if they will come to you with a with a pure heart, you will cause them to see it. Lord, the first thing I'd like to state that we must understand very clearly <clears throat> is that all judgment is done by you, and dear Lord, the words the father's words are what judges us john 12:48 and it's the father who trims the vine it's the father who prunes it it's the father who rejects us in other words at the time he will send forth his son and send forth the angels to do the separation judgment this is coming from the father it's very clear in joel 2:12 to 20 that the father is the one speaking because it says in there that we have to let the bridegroom come. In other words, he gives us a set of instructions and he tells us we must let the bridegroom come and to let the bride out of the dressing room. The bride cannot come out of the dressing room until she has the right garment on. And that garment is a garment of knowledge. And the knowledge comes by the entrance of the words of God. John 12, uh, Daniel 12, 4 explains that very clearly. Tells us in Psalms one well, nineteen one thirty that it's the entrance of His words, God's words, that gives light, because God is light. First John one five, and God is spirit and truth. John fourteen twenty three to twenty four. Jesus came into the world to bear witness to the truth. John eighteen thirty seven, in his testimony before Pilate at his trial. And he tells us in John seventeen seventeen that he requires Jesus acknowledged to the father that we are to be caused to be set apart from the world by his truth, which is God's words. And he explains that very clearly. And when he came back from the disciples, he had paid the price of his blood to unlock the temple veil so that the disciples could receive the spirit of God, which has the full measure of the spirit of God inside them. John three thirty four, and because of that, they were able to understand the scriptures when Jesus spoke his words to them because the spirit of truth that was unlocked, that's what Jesus said he was going to send a helper, the spirit of truth unlocks the words to the people. It's a full measure of God within us. And it like she is the wisdom of God and God is the full spirit of God. It's in his words. So you get both the male and the female part of that. In the words, that's why it's sometimes referred to as a female, sometimes as a male. Like he said, he would send the the helper, and he referred to him as a his. It's the spirit of God. And then the wisdom is the one that's always calling out our words. It's the spirit of the words of wisdom. She prepares the table before us, and that's another work of the woman of the house, as we can understand from the Proverbs 31 woman and from other teachings in the scriptures. So we can understand that we are required to receive the spirit of truth, which is the words of God, and the spirit of God, because his spirit comes in those words. And by that, we are set apart from the world, because the words of God cannot be uttered by those who are of the world. Jesus was saying, this is how we set ourselves apart from the world. And he said, let the bridegroom come. The bridegroom always comes and bears witness to his words, but we have been rejected by God. And we have to repent before him, like it says in Proverbs 1, 20 to 23. If we will turn. In other words, that means repent, return to him, as it says in Isaiah 21, 10 to 12. Then he will send a bridegroom to us. And a bridegroom is what? He's light. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Jesus said, I'm the spirit. I'm the way, the spirit, and the truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He says, my words are spirit, and they are life. Life is wisdom. If we get the words of wisdom, he says we'll I have eternal life because the words of wisdom is the words that Jesus speaks with his voice, the words of God, and he makes known the promises. The Spirit makes known the promises of the good works of God that were prepared from the foundations of the world. In John five we're told if we will hear his voice, meaning in the Greek, it means discerning the words of his voice. And uh, believing in the promises of the Father, the good works of the Father, then we'll have eternal life because his words are spirit in our life. John six sixty three. So then we know that we will pass through these judgments, as the Lord says also. So we hear this, and Jesus is always warning us that we're going to be judged by his words at this time. And the problem we have is that we are in a declared judgment time. Now, last night and the night before I spoke, that in uh, Exodus eleven five, the Lord tells us there that when Moses went before the Pharaoh, the wording that is used there is all the firstborn are dead. All the firstborn are dead. And they had an opportunity, though, until just like us at this time. We have the opportunity to, until that book is closed to be saved and come out of the world. But when that book is closed, it's too late. That night, when he sent the death angel, when they closed the doors behind him, it was the same as closing the book in heaven. Because when those doors were closed, the darkness of the night came that night in Egypt. The the judgment was sure. Now, if the Pharaoh would have gotten wise and understood what was happening and ran ran to Moses and pleaded before him, he could have saved his people. Remember the king of Nineveh. When he heard the judgment was coming, 40 days since when Jonah was sent to the city, he repented before the Lord and even had his animals fast and mourn because in him caused all the city to do it and God spared them. We are in a very similar situation in Joel 2, 12 to 20 in this day. Now, let me tell you that Moses was sent to the Pharaoh the lord sent his message to us in the scriptures and by his actions in 2003 the scriptures from of old isaiah 21 10 to 12 back in the days of isaiah or excuse me isaiah 21 1 to 12 and it again with john the revelator in the new testament in the 80 90s when john recorded the book of revelation when you come to the book you'll see in Revelation 18:1 to 4 in the verses 1 to 2 that God himself speaks and it surely is God because it's his glory that shines. And the whole purpose of the day of the Lord is to is to bring forth the glory of the Father. And Jesus is coming to bear witness to that glory and enable us to do the good works. When he sent, he will set us apart and give us authority over the words of God to speak, and we will be able to put on the fine linen, which is the light threads, that will make our garments shine by doing the righteous acts of the saints, as it says in Revelation nineteen one to ten. But what we must understand is that Revelation eighteen one to four begins at the time of the day of the Lord beginning, because in Zechariah fourteen seven, we are told it and the evening time there will be light. And if you read Revelation 18:1 and 4, it tells you that that light shone on the world. And if you read Revelation 12, we will see that at that time, Satan was kicked out of heaven because the kingdom of God comes with the authority of the light to rise. And the light comes by us receiving the words that are stirred up within us because the words themselves have the light in them. Psalms 119, when we receive and the words that are stirred up within us, and they were in us from the time of the creation, Isaiah 51:16. But we are like fish swimming around, and we don't catch them. That's why he said he's going to send out disciples who are fishers of men. He's going to cause them to see the words that are in them, the words that are in the scriptures that we do not see are set apart as holy. We only see them in the languages of the world. And we don't see them in the way that God wrote them, in the pure language of the kingdom of heaven that explains the ways of his works and his promises and so on. Same words, but understood with thoughts that are higher than ours, understood with the authority to understand in those thoughts that are higher in us, because that authority comes from the Lord when he sends the spirit of truth in us. And the spirit of truth, as it says in John 14, 15 to 17, cannot enter those who are of the world we must decide to be set apart from the world in accordance to John 17:17 17, 17. and we at that means we're sanctified many people walk around these days saying we're sanctified but yet they're not sanctified they're not sanctified till they obey the instruction of the lord which comes in John 17:17 17, 17. because you can have many forms of sanctification purification like mercy but the mercy is one thing mercy overcomes judgment absolutely as James says, but we must hear the words because if we don't hear the words of God, we're not of God. So not only do we have mercy, we must be willing to obey the instructions of God and the instruction of God in John 17:17 17, 17, is that we be set apart from the world by the words of truth, which are the words of God. And the Father says, or Paul writes, that the Father desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. And we are not consumed because of the mercy of God because by his ways that he's shown in the scriptures that he cannot change, we have until the moment that he closes the book to turn and plead to come out and he may let us in. Now, we must understand in Revelation 18, 1-4, the light shone on the earth when he shouted out, Babylon has fallen, Babylon has fallen. That is the same decree that was given to the Pharaoh when he says all the firstborn shall die. Because in this day, God is not coming to only free the firstborn or destroy the firstborn. He's coming to separate all the people, to judge all those on the earth. We will be either set apart into wickedness, into the wrath of God and into eternal damnation and eternal cast outing of the heavens and into the, the pit. Or we will be set apart to be refined, to be first purified, then made white with knowledge, and then refined by doing the good works of of the uh, words of God, enabling the good works of the Father, by communicating to him in the ways of the words of God, because we will increase in knowledge on how to do that. When Jesus came back to the disciples, he said, received the Spirit, John 21 and Luke 24. And then in Luke 24, he tells you there, that in this way, he said, when they received his spirit, he says, here are the words that I spoke to you while I was with you. And because they had the spirit of truth in them, they could now understand his words. And by the understanding of the words, they were able to understand the scriptures. We go about thinking we own the scriptures that we know, them we have scholars, we have theologians. But if that was true, that the people, the rabbis and the priests in Israel would have had it when Jesus came the first time, and they did not. It's the same as this time. He said it would come upon the people as a snare, all the people on the earth, including the rabbis, the theologians, and the scholars at this time. Luke 21, 34 to 36. And if you think the blood saves you alone, consider Matthew 7, 21 to 23. Those people believe the blood saved them, and the blood does save them. But the blood saves you by enabling you to enter into the Holy of Holies and receive the knowledge of the words of God. And if you're too complacent, too lazy to do that, then, and too stubborn and rebellious, then you're like the people of Israel that died in the wilderness because they wouldn't allow the Lord to write his words upon their heart. They wanted to teach by people that they knew and they trusted those people and they're trusting men. They trusted Moses only for a while then they heard others and they trusted the leaders of their tribes and all the rest of it. And you know what happened with that with Korah and the 250 leaders of Israel when God burned them up swallowed some of them through the earth so we can understand at this time what i'm pointing out is that our moment our time that the lord has declared that is likened to exodus 11:5, is very much the same as revelation 18 1-2 and also it's the same as what you'll find in isaiah 21 And verses 9 and and verses 21, it says, Babylon has fallen, has fallen, and all the carved images of her gods he has broken to the ground. Other words, understand that when God said, Babylon has fallen, Babylon has fallen, he took away the authority of the rulers and he took away their power. Understand that these people are empowered by their idols. And if we will step out, their idols have no power over us. Their crucifixes that they use as basically pagan purposes. they you know, the, the, the Catholic Vatican religious ceremonies that they do that, that are filled with pagan activities. The Knights of Order, the Garter, all these things that they use, the dragons in London, the dragon, the seal of the dragon, which is their their corporate seal and their the seal of their world empire, is, is that seal of the city of London, which is the head of all the all the cities of the world, all the nations of the world, is Babylon. Now, in understand what he says, go up uh, in in Isaiah twenty one. He he says there. He says the burden against the wilderness of the sea. See the wilderness of the sea. As I've told you, the sea is symbolic of all the people of the world. You will see on the queen's uh, rowboat, a uh, uh, barge that she had in her 60th uh, anniversary of being an uh, empress. And understand, she's a holy Roman empress. You can go back to George, King George, on the time of the Revolution. You look at his statue that's at Buckingham Palace, and you'll see he was an emperor. He was the Holy Roman Emperor. And so is Queen Victoria. She's the Roman. It's written in Roman letters. And she's the Empress. She was the Holy Roman Empress of the world. And Queen Elizabeth goes by Regina too. And you notice that she did the Roman boat thing. And she sat behind. She stood behind the chair of the Roman Empire. In other words, she's saying her empire is coming. Understand that they at that time had given her ownership of all the seas. And she's about to claim all this and bring forth her kingdom on earth is what she believes. She believes that she's birthing this great new one world order and God declared that Babylon has fallen. Her city, which is the city of all the world, is likened to this in this day. Remember the time, back it says in verse 2 of 20, Isaiah 21, it says, A distressing vision is declared to me. The treacherous dealer tre- deals treacherously and the plunderer plunders. Go up, O Elam, Besiege, O media, all its sighings I have made to cease. Therefore, my loins are filled with pain. Pangs have taken hold of me, like the pangs of a woman in labor. Remember 1 Thessalonians 5 1 to 3 that we talked about last night. I was distressed when I heard it. I was dismayed when I saw it. My heart wavered. Fearlessness frightened me. The night for which I longed, He turned into fear of me. Remember the Lord is separating his people in the night he that's what he says in luke 17:34. he'll separate his people and some will be taken some will be left those who are left are in the night and those who are taken and set apart i believe are those who are going to be set apart in his kingdom now either way you can look at it because some are going to be he's going to take away and um separate the tares from the wheat so maybe it's the opposite but he's doing it that way there's being a separation judgment is coming in the night and those who are separated into his kingdom enter into the light we have to be accepted right now we are rejected because he said babylon is falling yet we're still living and walking in the way of babylon please understand that many people at this time under are thinking that they have to register something with the government to separate themselves into the kingdom of God. No, you don't have to register any paper. You don't have to go back and reclaim your birth certificate or anything like that at this time. What you must do is do what he says in Joel 2:12 to 20, because then you enter his kingdom, and all those papers are null and void. Babylon has already fallen. All those paper works. That they have issued all the admiralty laws, all the executive orders, all the rules from Buckingham Palace, all the rules from the Parliament, all these evil doings by the Crown Trust and the Board of Governors, the 12 Board of Governors, the Bank of International Settlements, all these things, the Paris Club, the Club of Rome, the Vatican, all these things are null and void. Washington, D.C., all these things are null and void. The Knights of Templar orders, all these things are null and void because the Lord has destroyed them already. He's going to manifest that judgment. They have now a very short time to come out from the orders that were given to them. Because their time of judgment has come. It's fixed. It's certain. From the moment that the light entered the world with the entrance of his words, and that happened in 2003, is well recorded. And when that happened, it meant that this is fallen. You don't have to register anything. God will not accept anything because when you register a paperwork with them, you're accepting that you must do and you must honor their governance. You're not honoring their governance. It has no authority at this time. Your birth certificate record is a lie. In other words, they they have taken your birth certificate record and done evil things with it. And we'll explain that another time. I've written many things about it. And then the fact that they, they treat you as a dead estate, even the IRS tax code treats you as a dead estate. But see, all this is false because the IRS has no legal ruling. It's not even justified. It's not even correctly put on the books. And everybody that works for the IRS is working for an illegal entity. And they're going to be judged for it. I'm sorry, but all of us are going to be judged for what we've done unless we repent and come out of it and get forgiveness by God because now the kingdom of God reigns. See, when the Lord sent forth his bow, we had our choice to make. And we must understand that. I'll go on and explain that in a second. I want to tell you about Elam. Elam is, you go up Elam. What he's talking about is these are the ones, remember way back in the time of Abraham, they went and they raided and, and so forth and they had the big fight with the five kings and all that and they uh, took, uh, took Lot and so forth. What the Lord is pointing out here, and see Joe Media, which is Babylon. What he's saying is that, just like it says in Ezekiel 38, all the people are going to turn against each other the powerful ones of the past are going to come against babylon they're going to be upset they're going to understand that babylon has led them down a primrose path that's not true they've had a divinity law set them aside with the lead made these people extremely rich like it talks about in revelation 18 but these merchants did it on their own and they're going to be taken they're going to lose everything they're going to fight against each other god is going to turn them against each other it even verifies that in Revelation 17. It says that the people of the ten kings are going to fight against the the Babylon, the city of Babylon. They're going to destroy it. And that's what it's saying here in Isaiah 21, 2. And what what it's saying is, you know, the the plunderers are going to plunder the plunderers. (laughs) They're going to turn against each other and they're going to be angry. And that's what they're doing. They're causing civil war to come up. And they think by this, they can overcome the world because their technology is so good. But they forget that God is the Lord of hosts. The Lord of all particles, and he's going to cause their, their works not to work. John nine four five says, when the light leaves the world, no one will work. It means their equipment will not work, their bombs will not work, their, their weapons will not work. You know, it's silly for people to go get weapons when God has given you so much better by his words. Anything formed against him will fail. Because God is bringing forth his kingdom and those who set themselves apart and God accepts them because they have to set themselves apart by being sanctified by his words and then calling a sacred assembly. If they do that, God accepts them and they will be, it's just like in Egypt, they'll pass through that judgment. Nothing will happen to them. The Pharaoh will want them to leave because the Pharaoh is going to be destructive. And remember, the Lord tells you that even in uh, uh, Revelation 18, you're going to see the leaders of the nation, the city, burning. The word is going to strike these people. And remember that he's also going to strike down all their idols because he said all their idols are are destroyed. God is going to destroy their idols, their powers. He's taken away their authority. He wants, it's like even in the time of Israel, he wanted all of the firstborn of the animals sanctified to him. Sanctify the firstborn of the children. Sanctify the firstborn of the animals. God is going to do this with all of us. We have to understand that we have to also set apart our animals to the Lord. Even the king of um, Nineveh understood that they had to sanctify the animals. They had to make the animals mourn and plead for their own lives as well. Because God is in control of everything. And if they wanted to be fed and be able to live with good food and so forth and prosper their animals and so on, they had to also do this. We must plead and mourn for our animals and speak blessings over them, asking God to bring them into his kingdom. It's important at this time. Jacob put tents over his animals to sleep in so they would be under the word of God at night. We need to understand these things are all important. We think it's silly. We think it's it's not true. But when God spoke in Revelation 18:1, Revelation He was speaking from the beginning of the day of the Lord. When when He said the first horse went out with the bow, and a crown, He was giving you your choice. Do you want the crown of the kingdom or do you want the crown of darkness? You're you're given the choice to receive the crown of life. Jesus said His words, a spirit in our life. That's why He sent the bow. And Jesus is the shining shaft and the quiver of God. He wants you to come to him and get the words to speak, to speak the words that bring forth truth in the world and have power to overcome the world. That's what the first sealed judgment was all about. It's why it's a white horse. White is knowledge, symbolic of the knowledge. The knowledge of a clean heart, of light, of, of not, and removal of the darkness. That is what we must have at this time. So we must, dis- must discern that when the Lord said this in Revelation eighteen one and four, uh, when he was talking about this, we must come out from following these leaders, because Babylon is fallen. He's already decreed it. It's the same as what Moses spoke to the Pharaoh. This death, this separation judgment is coming to Babylon. It's going to be destroyed. And believe me, this is the fifth beast kingdom. Read Revelation, I mean Daniel seven, uh, eleven and twelve, you'll see that this is the fifth beast kingdom. The other beast kingdoms don't have their dominion yet meaning it's not the time of the ten kings of the sixth beast kingdom that will turn their crowns over to the Antichrist of the seventh beast kingdom. Sixth and seventh will reign at the same time. But that's after the seven-year reign of Christ, which is what he's talking about in Daniel 7, 13 to 14. We must understand this. 11 and 12 tells you that the fifth beast kingdom is destroyed. God has already declared it from the beginning of the day of the Lord when the words entered the world that was the same as Moses going to the Pharaoh telling them that the firstborn is going to die because they're already considered dead and when the Lord said that he was saying everybody with Babylon is considered dead to the Lord and we were all dead to the Lord because only by his words were judged and we didn't have his words and still don't have his words must understand that the only thing he says in Matthew 25 that gives you any hope is if you've been very merciful and not just merciful to your family and to to people you like but merciful even to your enemies if you're not mercy to them then you're not mercy to God because God says all those who call upon his name at this time shall be saved it's our job to make known his words even to our enemies don't go to Washington and try to file papers or negotiate with them that breaks the law of God in Revelation 18:1 to 4. Go to Washington to speak the knowledge of his words to them and let them know that their judgment has been declared and their time is up. It's no matter what they do they're going to be destroyed and they get the plagues of Tsarsart. Unless they repent like the king of Nineveh. Unless they repent like Luke 16:1 to 13. Even then they won't have any position but they'll be able to at least, God will let them be like a, a slave in the house of one of those that are set apart. That's better than being out there in the wilderness of the sea because God is going to make an empty space in the ocean floor and he's going to drive all the wicked it there. And he's going to bring his wrath upon them. They're going to lose everything. They can throw their gold and silver in the streets right now. <clears throat> Might as well because the plagues are coming upon them. And we're in that year that it's coming, this is the time God is telling that over and over and over again. So my message tonight, the key part of this message is that the message that of Exodus 11:5 where Moses tells the Pharaoh that all their firstborn are dead, is the same message as the Lord telling him in Revelation 18:1 to four that all that Babylon has fallen, all those of Babylon are going to be destroyed. Daniel seven. 11 to 12, Babylon's destroyed. Revelation 18 tells you what he's going to do to all the merchants, the peoples. And he tells you in Revelation 17, I mean, Revelation 6, um, 12 to 16, he tells you in there that even the slaves, even the poor, all of them, will know that the wrath of God is coming upon them if they don't repent and come out. If they don't set themselves apart by the instruction of the Lord, which is given to you in Joel two twelve to 20, you will not be saved. It's that simple. We must understand we have a requirement to bring forth. The Lord is king at this time and anoint the most holy, which is what we talked about last night in Daniel nine twenty four. When it goes on in Isaiah 21, he says, <clears throat> he's talking about, you know, he goes through the chariots and, and then he talks about it And and uh, the fourth one. He says, and then he cried. This is the watchman. He says, then he cried. He says, A lion, my lord, I stand continually on a watchtower in the daytime. I've sat at my post every night. And look, here comes a chariot of men with a pair of horsemen. Chariot of men with a pair of horsemen. In other words, they're, they're going to understand what they must do. They either choose the world or they're going to choose the kingdom. And God is telling them, then he answered and said, Babylon is fallen. Is fallen. That's the same as him sending the crown, the bow, the horse, with the bow and the crown. He's given them their option. They must choose the words of the world and be destroyed. Revelation twelve, seventeen tells you that if you just know the Ten Commandments and you understand the testimony of the Lord because he gave his blood for our sins, but you don't hear the words of God, then the devil's gonna attack you and the Lord is gonna put you through his wrath until you see the words of God. To you declare that the words of God are holy. That there's, That's how we're supposed to be sanctified. He's coming to sanctify the people. The people that are sanctified is going to enable them to do the good works, to give glory to the kingdom. But to the others, he's going to send them in, into the punishment and torment until they get the message. And that plague is horrible. And he's talking about seven seasons. In Revelation 8, the seventh seal. Seven seasons. Time of about a half an hour, which is 21 months. An hour is 42 months in the book of Revelation. A time is 84 months. It's two hours. It goes by the Jewish clock. That's kind of confusing to people, but it's based upon that, and it's converted into years. One hour is three and a half years. 42 months. Okay. What he's saying there is it's a time, and it's the same as when he offered the bow. You must make your choice. Because from that moment on, the decision has been set that cast the cast is stone. the The kingdom we must choose. We must come out. So that first, when Jesus sent the first horse, the first sealed judgment, when it was open, and sent the the bow, we had to choose which words we're going to take. That's the pair of horsemen. Which words you're going to take? You take the words of the devil. Or you're going to take the words of the kingdom. If you take the words of the devil, you're going into darkness and you're going into the wrath of God, the pouring out of the plagues. The wrath includes the receiving of the sins of the world. And then after he stops that, he'll send his plagues upon you, which is worse than the sins of the world. But both of them are terrible. But after that, if you live through that, then you'll have a chance when he heals you to turn to him. But if you will not hear him, then the plagues, the trumpet judgments are going to come upon you. And they're terrible. So you get back into the torment. And you'll miss the opportunity to come into the kingdom. It's going to be very difficult at that time for people. If they deny the mark of the beast and become martyrs, they can come into the kingdom. That's the one way, but that's a terrible way to have to do it, isn't it? Right now is your best way. Because he says in John five twenty four, if you will hear the voice of the Lord, which means discern his words. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If We will hear the word of God. The sacred words that are set apart, that are higher than ours, or thoughts higher than ours, that enable all that we desire to be done for us. John fifteen seven. If we will hear that, then we will be set apart and we'll be able to call upon those great promises of the Father prepared for the foundation of the world, that we can overcome the world. And we'll do it by righteousness, because those works are done by righteousness. And you won't have to be angry. You know, it's... Yes, you hate the wrath. Of, you hate what these people are doing, all of that. But you have to understand nobody's taught them the church has totally failed the world because they would not hear the words. And when it was preached to them for 14 years, they wouldn't hear it. I'm sorry. People don't like it when you say that. But you have the opportunity right now to receive it. You have it until that time the Lord closes that book and it's done. Then you have the plagues for guaranteed coming upon you. And he tells you that in Hebrews ten twenty six and 27. If you will not gather together gather to stir up the love and good works, which comes by what? You don't love God unless you hear his words. The good works are God's works. If you don't gather together to stir those up and understand the words, then he says the willful sin, which when we walk in the way of the world using the currency and, and doing the things of the world that we're doing today, producing foods that kill people, producing elements for war Uh, all these things that we're doing following after leaders that that's a sin at this time when the lord reigns all of that those things are willful sins and he says the wrath of god will come upon those read hebrews 10 26 27 you're not going to avoid the wrath of god at that time and then he warns you he says if you were um done by um you know in moses's law you were two witnesses and you were struck and killed well how much worse do you think it is when you trample upon the spirit of grace see when you trample upon the blood of the spirit of grace that means you refused to go into the holy of holies and receive the knowledge of the words of god from god that's trampling upon the blood that jesus spilled for you by his grace and that's why he says you will enter into the wrath of god the punishment and God says, I will repay. Remember what he said in Deuteronomy eighteen, eighteen, nineteen. 19. He sent his son into the world to bear witness to the words of God and to show them the way of the words. And if the people rejected it, he says he will hold them into account. How much worse do you think it's going to be now when he's made it known? I mean, the scriptures bear witness to it through all the Bible. It's testifying to this. How much more anger do you think God will do? And especially when he's waited this long, when he's asked us to come out for 14 years now. And now we're in the morning of the day of the Lord, yet the world is still walking in the night. The morning is available. We must come out and obey him and do what it says in uh, Joel 2, 12 to 20. I thank you for your time, and I pray that this is useful and helpful for you tonight. We'll go into more uh, knowledge of the night and some other things tomorrow. Lord, I praise you. I ask you, Lord, to cause the people to understand the severity, dear Lord, of what it means that you said Babylon has already fallen. Dear Lord, it means that it's it's done. It's going to come upon these world leaders. They're finished, and now, dear Lord, anybody who follows after these world leaders, as our church has been doing and going to Washington and that for 14 years now or more, or whenever it's been, it's been a long time. Dear Lord, all of that, chasing the money of the world, and and writing books on the 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 incorrect translations of the revelations and so on, all that, dear Lord, is sin. And, Lord, we pray they'll realize it. And, Lord, let us repent and come to you and understand that this is the time to harvest souls and, and to teach our enemies the knowledge of their destruction that's coming. Jonah had to go tell the king of Nineveh. He had to be brave and tell them, Lord, give us the ability, give us the opportunity to be in front of these people, to speak the truth to them, to let them know what's about to happen to them. And, Lord, let us not fear for our lives because it's worth it to be in the kingdom of God rather than enter into the punishment that these people have a guarantee coming upon them if they will not come out from it. There's still time, but it's very short. Lord, we pray that the people will hear. And Lord, we especially pray tonight for your fishermen, for the disciples who will receive the word and go forth and make known the word, the knowledge of truth to the people. Lord, we pray that they'll understand and understand the glory of this moment and how special it is that you're asking them to come to sit at the head of the table and be fishermen. Dear Lord, bringing many to the table of the bread of instruction. Father, we thank you. We ask you, Lord, that you watch over your people. Let your spirit move upon them. We pray this in your holy name. And Lord, we plead with you to send your spirit upon the people to help them. Lord, let them not perish, but Lord, let them bring forth the knowledge of your glory so we will cover the cover the earth like the waters cover the sea let them be waters lord and not part of the sea lord we praise you for this don't let them be in that wilderness of the sea lord where they're going to be get, receiving the wrath of god lord we pray that don't understand we ask this in thy precious name amen okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh